What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Professional Athlete Podcast. We are joined this week by the sleep doctor himself, Dr. Michael Bruce. Dr. Bruce is a double board certified clinical psychologist and clinical sleep specialist. Uh, He's the author of four different books, and I reached out to him because his newest book, Energize, Go from Dragging Ass to Kicking In in 30 Days, incorporates a number of the themes that I've been experimenting with in my own life to improve my own energy, improve the quality of my sleep, and just feel better. So I I thoroughly enjoyed the book on a personal level, but I thought it was really interesting how it kind of weaves together a number of different topics that we've been talking about on the show here over the last four months. Something else that's really interesting, his previous book, The Power of When, a great book in the biohacking community, talks about how there's a perfect time to do everything. So it felt a lot to me like this book built on some of those principles. And what I really enjoyed is it's not just informative. It actually maps out based upon like your own personal traits, how you can start to incorporate some of these principles and and hopefully have more energy throughout the day. So we have a great conversation. He talks a little bit about like some of the work that he's doing with world famous DJs, athletes, And if you don't know Dr. Bruce, he's a character, man. He's a lot of fun to talk to. He's been on Oprah, Dr. Oz, The Doctors, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. So I was really happy to get the opportunity to talk to him today. And I hope you all enjoyed listening to him. With that said, if you're enjoying the show, please do leave us a rating and review wherever you follow us. It certainly helps. And with that said, folks, as I, as I always say, and I haven't said it in a while, thank you, thank you to all who listen. Can't even tell you how much fun I'm having doing this. And so I love hearing from listeners. I'm glad that it's making an impact for some of you out there. And yeah, keep the feedback coming. So with that said, without further ado, let's welcome Dr. Bruce to the show. Here we go. We're going up. Dr. Bruce, welcome to the show. Excited to have you today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. We're going to talk about sleep, energy, exercise, all of it. Absolutely. I love it. And, uh, you know, for anyone who's been listening to this podcast, I just got done telling you my focus this year is sleep. Um, I've got three. It's a bit, it's a huge deal. deal. Well, and it's funny. So I, my wife and I have three kids. Uh, Our youngest is now. So seven, four, two and a half. Oof, you are in the thick of it, brother. I mean, I'm in, <laughs> I'm, we're, we're in survival mode. We're you in survival totally mode. are. You know, you, yeah. if you figure out your kids' chronotypes, you, it actually makes stuff much easier. Oh, interesting. Wait, so you could, like, they could even have varying chronotypes that would show themselves at, a, at this young of an age? So actually, everybody goes through all of the chronotypes as we develop, oh. and then you kind of set when you hit adulthood. So like your itty-bitty ones will be yeah. early birds or lions. Then your middle ones will be bears. When they get to teenage years, they'll become wolves. Um, right. And they kind of set, you know, because remember when you were a teenager, you wanted to stay up late and sleep late, which is what a wolf does. Absolutely. That's okay. It's interesting to think about it in that way. Um, 
but yeah, so it's it's funny. Sleep has been such a big priority in our house because our youngest one was a terrible sleeper. Oh, sorry. Uh, you know, I'm talking, it's our third one and we had to get like a sleep consultant. We yeah. needed someone to help us. We had to do the whole thing. Right. And it just went on for so long. But, you know, I'm at this point in my life, I'm 35. And I think having all these kids, you know, I was chalking up bad nights of sleep to like, oh, well, the kids woke us up. Right. right we were right. up late with the kid or whatever. Or stress. Yeah. Well, now the kids are sleeping well and I'm, I wasn't. So I'm like, oh man, now I have to dig a little deeper. <laughs> what's, yeah, maybe. What's, what's going on here? Um, so, you know, I, I've talked about it a little bit in past episodes. My big focus is sleep and I'm, I'm making a bunch of life changes. Okay. Um, coincidentally, one of them is intermittent fasting. So I would love to talk about that. Uh, but, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of this kind of on my own. You know, being a podcaster, I had the good fortune of getting to talk to like a lot of <laughs> really interesting people who are experts in their field. So I was trying to incorporate it. Then I stumbled on your book and I was like, oh man, it's all right here. <laughs> like this is exactly what I was trying to map out for myself. And he already went and spelled it all out. So uh, cannot wait to kind of talk about this today. Introduce folks to your work who maybe aren't aware because I, I really think for people who have similar goals this is just going to be really impactful. Yeah. So it was kind of a weird scenario. So a sleep doctor writes a book about energy, right? So like, where does that kind of come <laughs> into play? Right. And so, so, um, right. so I, I have a co-author, her name is uh, Stacy Griffith. So for folks who don't know Stacy, yep. she's the founding trainer of soul cycle. That's that, you know, the indoor uh, cycling uh, company. And um, she and I've been friends for a long time. And uh, she was helping me train and I was helping her with her sleep. And um, it was really interesting because we started to realize that our clients had each other's needs, right? So mm. my sleep clients needed more physical movement activity and then her movement and activity clients needed more sleep. And we were right. like, there's got to be a relationship here, you know, that, that we really, and it should be fairly simplistic, fairly straightforward. So what we started doing was thinking about the idea of chronotypes, right? So for folks who don't know what a chronotype is, I'll, I'll get into that. But my, so this energizes my fourth book. My one book previous was called the power of when, and that was really the, the kind of the seminal text for me in terms of sort of what I've, I've kind of putting forward in terms of my theories about how does sleep work. And so it all has hmm. to do with the idea of a genetic chronotype. Now you might not have heard of the term chronotype, but you've actually heard of the concept. If you've ever been called an early bird or a night owl, right? Those yep. are chronotypes. So back in the seventies, there was a group of researchers and they came up with this thing called the MEQ, the morningness eveningness questionnaire, which just basically mm. talked about preferences that people had morning versus evening schedules, sleep, things like that. And yeah. they started to develop this idea of these kind of chronotypes. Turns out that they had early ones, they had late ones. So they called them early birds. They called them night owls. No big deal. For some reason, I have no idea why they called people in the middle hummingbirds. I, I have <laughs> no idea what the history is behind that. It seems pretty <laughs> stupid uh, to me, but that's what we kind of had. And so yeah, now fast it in the forward, team. right, right. I know. Right. So fast forward, like into the two thousands where we really started to use these categories of people in psychological and sleep research, because the big thing that we discovered is it's genetic. 
So you don't actually get to choose if you want to be an early bird or a night owl. I, like if you sent me your 23andMe data or your Ancestry.com data, I could turn to you and say, look, right here on the PER3 gene, we can see that if it's longer, you're this. If it's shorter, you're that. So it's all right there in, you yeah. know, in, the, in, the, in the bloodstream, as they say. So right. that part in and of it was kind of was interesting. And, and what we also discovered was because – when you well, let me back up. When you follow your chronotype, everything gets much easier. So right. follow this example. Let's say you're an early bird and you wake up at six thirty every morning without an alarm clock, no problem, right? Your mm-hmm. melatonin, genetically speaking, probably turned off at about five a.m. Okay, hmm. and then you slowly kind of went to woke up. Yep. You're a night owl like me. My melatonin doesn't turn off until like six thirty seven o'clock. So yeah. I, it takes me much longer. So when you're upset at your kid who's saying, dad, I want to stay in bed longer when they're a teenager, it's because they're shifted later. They're night owls when a lot of us are early birds. This becomes important because at, once you wake up, all of your hormones are incredibly predictable. I can tell mm. you exactly when your cortisol will be high, when your melatonin will be low. All of these things are very predictable based on the genetics of when it starts, which is your chronotype. So now it's like the key that unlocks the freaking universe, okay? This is where it gets really cool. So we we know naturally when some hormones will be at high points, and so then we do the activities that we need those hormones for at those high points. Right. But it's going to be different if you're an early bird than if you're a night owl. So sometimes things get a little off. Now, I'll be fair with you. The biggest question that I get asked about this has to do with intimacy, right? So (laughs) let's just get right. Let's get right into the point. Okay. (laughs) Right. When's the best time to have sex, Dr. Bruce? Okay. Let's, let's rock and roll straight through this. All right. So generally speaking, you need five hormones to have successful intimacy. You need Hmm. estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, adrenaline, and cortisol all need to be high. Hmm. Melatonin, the sleep hormone, needs to be low. So when we surveyed people, we discovered 73% of people like to be intimate sometime between 10 and 11.30 at night. Okay? okay? Not a big surprise there. What do you think your hormone profile looks like at that point? Uh, so do you mean it's going yeah. to be high. Well, that's what I was going to say. So, like, I wonder why people – uh-huh. Is it just cultural? Like, yeah. So that's hint number one <laughs> as when is the best time to have sex. Hint number two is if you're going to be intimate with somebody who is of the male gender, what do most men wake up with in the morning? <laughs> An erection. Yeah, exactly. If that is not mother nature telling you when to use that thing, I don't know what is, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny. We just had a breathing expert on, uh, a gentleman by the name of Patrick McCown. Oh, he's a good one. He, oh, he's a, he is. He knows his stuff. I worked with Patrick tangentially with Laird Hamilton and Gabby Reese. Oh, um, awesome. He does some good stuff with them, I believe, on their – they have an app called XPT, and I think he helped does the breath work on them. I was just introduced to that. Um, oh, and then cool. I just found out about like Laird Hamilton's, like their, their getaway in Costa Rica. And oh, so yeah, I did it. Random, random my bank account, and I was like, can I afford this? <laughs> Dude, I Oh, did you've it. done it. How no, is it? I participate. I was a participant. Yeah. It was amazing. I, uh, I, I lectured on sleep and then Gabby and Laird let me stay and do the whole program. Oh, how cool. 
It was amazing. I mean, that's got to be a pretty cool cu- couple to be, you know, it, friends with. Honestly, <laughs> like it's, they know. are the coolest. Like, right. there's nothing that's not cool about either <laughs> one of them in any way, shape, or form awesome. at all. That's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, but it's it's funny. Like to to bring this back to what you were saying. Yep. Again, the breathing, the breathing thing is part of my journey to high, better quality sleep and just, mm-hmm. you know, and then he, uh, we, we talked about James Nestor's book after that, a yep. little bit. that might've right. actually been after the show. Our listeners are like, I didn't hear about that. Um, but that was one of the things he said, he's like, look, you know, and also a byproduct of breathing properly throughout the night after a good night's sleep, like a man should wake up with an erection. Absolutely. 100%. And so now I'm like, you know, like that's one of my uh, right. measuring sticks to use a terrible pun right? Um, to tell if, you know, I had a good night's sleep. So yeah, it's just so funny that <laughs> it's, you know, right. Two conversations, so, it's coming back around. So then you're going to say to me, okay, Michael, that's a general idea. Right. But what happens if my partner is a night owl and I'm an early bird? Mm. Right. What, what are we going to do then? The good news is if you go and you buy the book, <laughs> you will learn that I created matrices. So I yep. actually have matrices. So um, you can put your chronotype on one side, your partner's chronotype on the other, and I give you an early evening time and an early morning time. When we when we surveyed, it was kind of interesting. We also did a survey of men versus women, mm. and um, it was it, looking at desire and like when were you most interested. This is going to sound ridiculous, but this is real data. Yeah. Men could care less. Whenever it was offered, they were interested. I do remember hearing that. <laughs> Women were more along chronotypical guidelines. So if you were an early bird, you preferred intimacy either in the early morning or the early evening. Yeah. If you were a night owl, you preferred it late at night or in the later afternoon, things yeah. like that. So it, it kind of falls along the lines of what you what you might expect it would be, um, mm-hmm. kind of generally speaking. But you can also learn a lot about things like when to go for a run. Uh, when to work out, when to do yoga, when to play a team sport. Like so, we, so we really broke it down only based on the research. Now um, we've got over 220 studies in the book. To be clear, not my studies. These are studies that are being done on chronobiology all over the world. I just kind of culminated it all together in a package that kind of works. And then we moved on to energize, right? And so yeah. once I figured out all this chronotype stuff, Stacy came to me talking about exercise, and I was like okay, let's kind of figure this out. Now, in the interim, between the power of when and energize, I had become an intermittent faster, much the way you just had talked about becoming an intermittent faster. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I discovered, and I talk about my intermittent fasting journey in uh, in the book, um, I I was, yes, the crazy person who said, I'm going to eat a pint of ice cream every single day for 30 days, uh, but only eat it in my subscribed period of time. And to be clear, I did not gain a pound during right, which, period of time. I, which, I almost died from the dairy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's funny. Anyone who, you know, and I guess, uh, you know, the, the one thing that I've learned doing the show is it really comes down to the individual. But, you know, my wife had naturally been intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years, I'd be like, oh, you need to eat breakfast. Um, and then I was like, you know what? Let me give it a shot. I couldn't believe the difference that it made in terms of my energy but also to your point you know i'm not a person who's like i'm going to subscribe to this like very rigid structured diet right um i love that it like it gives to your point like you were eating ice cream every day i think for 30 days didn't lose weight but you also didn't gain weight so it's like just that the power again of when 
<laughs> makes such a big difference. And I'm just, I'm fascinated by it. So what happened was, is when I was doing this intermittent fasting, I started to fade because I'm a wolf. So mm. I can't eat in the morning. Like I, like, honestly, like if I try to eat, I'll puke. Like it's happened yeah. many, many times. It's like, I know oh, it's wow. very, it's very predictable. So I'm like, I'm not going to eat this morning. And everybody kind of gets it because I'm a night owl and my whole metabolism has shifted that way, right? So when you start to start to think about that, I was like, well, well, maybe it should be that way for everybody. So I started kind of talking with people about it. And so in the book, we give you, we actually give you guidelines based on your chronotype of how long you should be you should be fasting for, and yeah. also based on something called your body type. So the as the story goes, when I was talking to Stacy, I was like, well. We were coming up with trying to come up with a movement program. And I said, well, how, how do you determine what exercises that you have people do? And she says, well, I look at their bodies and I can tell you what, what they can and cannot do. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? She said, well, look, if I've got somebody that's long and lean, like I'm not going to have them do weights. I, I know that they're going to be better at cardio. So I might start them mm. out running a mile. Whereas if I've got somebody who's kind of on the heavier side, if I stick them on the treadmill, they're never going to come back. She's right. like, so I have to motivate people with exercises I know they can complete and get that kind of motivational positivity from to continue them going on their path. And I said, are you using body type? And she, and so we started thinking about it. So if you remember back to high school, right, there was endomorph, mesomorph, ectomorph. So I, we started looking at the literature and kind of looking at the research and we figured out, well, okay, now we've got a little bit bigger and better understanding of when people should intermittent fast, you know, and for how long. So mm. it turns out that body type is based on metabolism. So long and lean people, guess what? They have a really fast metabolism. Right. People who are mesomorphs have a medium metabolism because their shoulders are kind of wider than their waist and the meat just kind of hangs on the skeleton that way. And then the endomorphs, they have a slower metabolism because they got more weight on them, right? Right. So, right. so it kind of breaks down to that. So then we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That seems pretty simple. So then let's create a guide point for intermittent fasting. So as you yeah. know, there's not really a whole lot of people saying start here, right? And sure. so what this book does that I'm really proud of is not only do we tell you what time of day you should intermittent fast, again, based on your chronotype, which is based on the chronotype of your metabolism, but based on your body type, we can tell you how long to fast for. So if yeah. you're a long and lean person, you're going to fast for 12 hours and you're going to feed for 12 hours because we don't want you to lose weight, but we, but we also don't want you to gain any weight. Right. You're a mesomorph, right? We're going to change that and we're going to say, we want you to feed for 10 hours, fast for 14 hours. See what I did there? I moved it by about four hours. Yeah. If you're an endomorph, a little bit on the bigger side who wants to lose weight, well, then you're going to fast for 16 hours feed for eight hours, right? Yeah. At least you've got a starting point. <laughs> right. right. So that way, because a lot of people, they're like, well, I'm big, so maybe I should just uh, only eat for four hours a day. No, don't do that. Right. And also, I want to be clear about one other thing while we're talking about intermittent fasting. Yeah. Is if you have an eating disorder or you have body dysmorphia disorder, this is not something that you should be doing, period, end of story. 
Yeah. You and your doctor are working therapeutically with you, and I don't want you to take any chances with something like that. So intermittent fasting is not a technique that I recommend for my patients with eating disorders or body dysmorphia disorders. Um, but everything else that's in the book is completely applicable to you, uh, along with the sleep and uh, the movement and all that kind of good fun stuff. But I just want to yeah. be clear, it's not safe for people with that those situations to be trying intermittent fasting unsupervised. Yeah, no, and that's that's a, a great call out. And something that I, you know, I found really interesting about just kind of my own psychology, and I think this is maybe uh, indicative of just how many so how many people go through life. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't thought about like my body type in, in those right. terms, uh, honestly, maybe ever because I didn't have a compelling reason to. Right. Um, I, I've actually, someone asked me that after I started doing the podcast. They're like, hey, are you a, a mesomorph? Or a, I was like, am I a what? Um, <laughs> you are but a mesomorph, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I figured that out. Yeah, because I did the test. Right. Well, so, but here's what I want to tell you that I thought, I, I bet a lot of people relate to. Hmm. Um, and this kind of comes back to the stigma of sleeping in late versus being an early riser. Right. It's like as you gave the initial introduction, you know, um, I, I believe it was like a lion, a bear, yep. Yep. Uh, a wolf, a dolphin. Yep. You know, I as you described them, I was like, oh, man, I, I really hope I fit into that category. And then as you were describing the body type, and again, I, I didn't even really remember what was up. I was like, oh, I hope I fit into that category. Right. And it just kind of as you started actually explaining what everything was, and I just kind of got reminded of the purpose of the book was – it's not to fit into this, what you think is the best option. Exactly. It's to understand like what you actually are, you are. so you can optimize yes. your life really. Exactly. And, um, it, you know, it was just a little bit of like a, an aha. And, you know, I had a pretty good sense of kind of where I felt like I'm, I'm on the lion side of things. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and especially as I get older, which I, I believe is typical. It is. You start I, to walk backwards. I, I'm, I used to be a wolf to the nth degree. Um, yeah. and now I'm finding myself getting sleepy at 10 30. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but it, it, the other, the other thought that I had too was it really feels like, and I guess it's like socially, culturally people on the wolf, the night owl side of the spectrum, mm-hmm. like are really at a disadvantage. Yeah. Well, I was my whole life, honestly, like, I mean, number one, early morning education was horrible for me, uh, usually is for wolves. And I mean, teenagers in general hate mornings to begin with, but it was just only worse when I got to college. Um, And uh, and a lot of people think of wolves as lazy um, Mm. because they don't rise with the dawn and, you know, work out at six and, you know, all of those kind of things. Um, We have a very interesting personality profile. We have a tendency to be very creative. Uh, A lot Mm. of my artists, my actors um, have a tendency to be, uh, to be wolves, but yet my athletes have a tendency to be lions. Hmm. Um, those, you know, alpha go getters, you know, kind of jumping up early in the morning type of folks. I'm not saying you can't be an athlete and be a night owl. Um, but at the same time, it's less likely for sure. Well, and I wonder too, you know, um, gosh, what was it? Malcolm Gladwell's is it tipping point or no, it's outliers. You know, it's the example in my mind of that hockey team and the way that they signed up for hockey. It's like all the kids with birthdays at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. were, you know, nine, 10, 11 months older than the other kids they were competing with at a time period where like that difference is so massive, uh, you know, monumental. And so it's like, of course, the older kids, they look like the better athlete, they look more coordinated. 
they get different coaching and it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy and right. to your point like with school it's kind of like mm-hmm. or maybe even athletics because like we always had to be up early training right. like I, I played football in college and i mean you know a big portion of the year was before seven o'clock right and so it's like man like how many of those guys who did have that, that other chronotype uh could you know just physically weren't able right. to perform at that time of day and like how did that hold them back yeah so it's like they were jet lagged every practice so right. it would be like they flew in from paris and walked onto the field that's how they're feeling and they were probably still performing at unbelievable levels Here's the crazy part is Hmm. if we had known at the time what we know now, I could actually still you could manipulate somebody's circadian rhythm so that you could get them to be on that rhythm. So I could take a night owl using light therapy and melatonin and I could shift them so that they could do those practices and perform well. I mean, and as an example, I do this with some of my artists. So I, I mm. treat uh, a DJ, his name is Steve Aoki. And um, Steve is he is crazy, but he doesn't go on stage until 1130 at night. So it's like right. I've, got, I've got a shift worker on my hands, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. And the guy's got to have energy like up and I, it's, he's a nut, you know? And so we've got to – so he's napping literally right up until – and, you know, we know what his chronotype is, so we, we can manipulate – all of those things to allow him to be able to perform when he wants to be able to perform. And you can do that, uh, you know, for a subscribed period of time uh, and be okay with it. You can't do it forever. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, like I'm a, I'm a fan of, I mean, I, I love sports, but as an example, I, I do enjoy watching the UFC or, oh, yeah. and boxing. But the thing that I always think about is I'm like, these guys, the title fight sometimes right. isn't until midnight. Yep. And now, like having again talked to different folks about sleep and like circadian rhythm, I'm just like, gosh, that's got to be so difficult for some of these guys to do that. So, in that instance, the night owls would have an advantage because right. they'd be fighting at night. There's some clear data looking at performance, um, and um, it, it can go by sport, but basically, uh, it follows chronotypical guidelines. So, if you like to wake up early, you're going to compete best early. If you're a bear, you're going to compete best mid afternoon. If you're a wolf, you're going to compete better in the evening times. So that comes into play at things like the Olympics, right? Where you've got jet lag, you've got different food schedule and you've got, you know, uh, evening events, morning events, rotating back and forth, especially in track and field, which is where you see, I mean, just, just, you know, you got people playing multiple events that are at different times. Like it's crazy. So you oh, know, yeah. there's a lot to coordinate um, on that. Like the Olympic team has their own sleep specialist um, that works with them all the time. Like it makes sense, you know. I was going to ask you that. Like, you know, at, at the highest level of sport, you know, mm-hmm. what percentage, you know, I, mean, I don't know, that's probably a tough question to ask, but are, are, there, are there a lot of athletes at the highest level who are, you know, um, looking at their sleep? this closely like our professional teams so like so assessing we, guys by chronotype and be like hey we have a 10 no. p.m game against liverpool and like you this this guy's a you know no, so, uh, a so i would person. argue that nobody's nobody's drilling down at that level um however mm. what i what i can tell you is that rookies they don't seem to give a shit right <laughs> because they're young they're you know balls to the wall they're doing their thing 
when players get into the mid range of their career and they realize I got to extend this, like I've got my, my shelf life has got to go longer and harder. That's when we really see people come in and they're like, okay, Michael, how do we dial this in? How do we make me, you know, and, and also injury and recovery from injury sleep is massive for that. So when we're we're talking about an injured player, then they really get interested in sleep. So it really just depends upon where you are in your career, what kind of sport you're in and and kind of professionally, what level you're in. And the same holds true for the weekend warrior, um, you know, as well. You know, it's just we have to be kind of consistent in understanding sort of what are your sleep needs? Are they being met? um, and, And then can you will you perform at the level at which you want to perform? Yeah. Well, something that I wanted to ask you too is, let me think about this. I just lost my train of thought here. But understanding that pre, here's where I want to go with this pre-pandemic, right? And I, I again, I was a, a you know, I'm, I'm a lion mesomorph is like what yeah. I did. And those tests were actually really helpful because okay. I did have, I did like have like some questions as to where I fell, yeah. but out of sheer necessity, you know, I'm, I'm out here and on the East coast and I used to commute mm-hmm. into New York city. So for me to make that happen, you know, my only opportunity to work out was really early in the morning, right. like five 30. And right. fortunately I'm, I'm more predisposed to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, I kind of had a confined window where I could right. get something like that done. Sure. One of the interesting things that's kind of come out of the pandemic and the ability to work from home and this, I kind of had this epiphany this year. So I was like, wait a second, you know, I've kind of continued to work out super early at that time out of habit. Mm -hmm. I was like, but maybe is there a better way for me to align all this up and stack this throughout my day? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, so you here's the deal that is the pandemic has been the biggest sleep experiment that's ever been done. Right. Mm. So the, and, and everybody, everybody messed it up. So <laughs> what you should have done is you should have said, what's my chronotype. I no longer have to drive to work. I'm going to go to sleep and wake up based on that. Because let's be honest, most people were rolling out of bed, throwing on a ball cap and getting on zoom. Right. I mean, right. Like that's how work got done in the beginning of the pandemic up until yeah. just fairly recently. That's really kind of what we were seeing. And so like you had a lot more leeway in your morning schedule. And so if you were a wolf, you could actually sleep later, wake up at a more time that was more consistent with your chronotype and still be valuable at work. If you're a lion, you can still wake up early, get your morning workout in. So it was unfortunate that very few people during the pandemic actually took advantage of the flexibility of the schedule to follow their prototypes, but several did. I mean, the ones who were listening to me, because I was screaming it from the mountaintops, um, really felt like they could lock into a schedule that worked out a lot better for them. They saw higher levels of productivity, things of that nature. Well, and what's been so interesting for me too, um, you know, I would count myself in the camp of I, I generally eat pretty healthy. I really I try to get good sleep. I, I work out consistently, but I just found that, you know, I was one of those people where like I was drinking more and more coffee. Like I was yeah. like more and more tired. And I had the afternoon meeting. I had a big lunch and I was like, oh man, I'm getting drowsy. Right. Um, and that's when I was kind of like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. And at the time, I didn't want to switch my workout because I was, there's no chance of me fasting in any capacity if I'm working out in the morning. Like for me, right. I'll shake. I, like I just can't do it. Um, but to your point, like having the opportunity now to kind of restructure my day, 
-hmm. what I've noticed is even on nights where I don't get good sleep, like last night, unfortunately, was one of those nights. Um, I, by doing the intermittent fasting and working out at a different point in the day, I, I don't crash. Yeah, you can push your energy in different directions. So one of the big secrets the that we learned thing. Well, one of the secrets yeah. we learned with lions, which is what you're illustrating, is if we have them move their workout to later in the day, they can make dinner and a movie no problem, right? So big problem for lions is you're waking up at 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning. You want to be in bed at 9 o'clock. You certainly don't want to be out partying with your friends. So what I do is I have you take yeah. your <laughs> right? really morning yeah. workout put it at six o'clock and work out from six to like seven, seven fifteen. shower and meet your friends out. You'll be able to stay up until 11 o'clock without being super fatigued. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, one of the things that I loved about your book and I wrote it down, you called it at some point, the cycle of energy. Yes. Um, how it's like all, you know, these different factors kind of feed off each other. It's like, you yeah. need to do the proper things throughout the day to get good sleep. You also need good sleep to that. So it's like, yeah. You know, it, it really works with uh, in conjunction with each other. The biggest thing I think that Energize kind of brought forward, which was largely from Stacy, was the movement section that we've got. So mm. I want to be yeah. clear with folks: like, there's a difference between movement and exercise, right? So exercise okay. is not what this book is about. I, I Stacy is amazing at exercise; that's her, you know, thing. This is a book about keeping your energy level consistent by keeping your body moving consistently. So what I right. always say is sitting is this new smoking, right? So, and when we sit, our, we get inflammation. When we get inflammation, we stiffen up. It feels like crap. Like we've got to keep everything kind of moving. So what we did was we said five times a day, we're going to ask you to move a little bit. Now, to be fair, back up just a little bit, very few people show up on my doorstep and they say, Michael, I've got too much energy. I'm doing too great. Like you got to slow me down. Like that rarely happens. Most right. of the time people say, Michael, I'm exhausted. I can't do. So what I say to them is I say, when, and they're usually not very good at telling me when they're like, well, I'm always exhausted. I'm like, you don't, do you wake up exhausted? Yeah. Are you exhausted every minute of every day? No, probably not. So right. what I did was I said, I want you to measure and give you a scale zero to 10. Right. Yeah. So I thought this was really interesting. Right. So we use something called the RPE, which is the uh, perceived exertion scale by Gunnar Borg. Um, this is a scale that's been used in exercise physiology for like a gazillion years, but it's about effort, right? And how mm. much effort is it taking you? So we have people measure their energy uh, after they wake up, before lunch, after lunch, before dinner, and before bed. Yeah. So what we do is we're gauging or taking a diary reading of your energy because look, if we figure out, hey, you actually do have energy in the morning time, but you only have it until 11. And then you have a lull. Then you seem to pick things back up. And then you have another lull from two to three. Well, now we can start to identify what type of energy are you missing? So it turns mm. out there's five different types of energy. So okay. There's food, right? There's resting energy, which includes naps, sleep, as well as just rest. There's yeah. moving energy. There's emotional energy. And there's spiritual energy energy. Now I'm going to be honest with you. We didn't put spiritual energy in the book because you could just write an entire book about spiritual energy and yeah, I'm sure. not a spiritual energy expert. So it didn't make any sense for me to be writing about stick, that. Yeah, stick to Stick to what you know. I am sticking <laughs> to what I know, brother. Um, so we have people measuring their energy, identifying the types of energy, and then we give people a solution for each type of energy drain is what we call. So mm. the way the formula works is you'll have high consistent energy 
if your energy gains outweigh your energy drains, right? So give you, let me give you some examples of some energy drains and how- Yeah, thank you. I, I was actually going to ask you this. This is perfect. Okay. So um, I'm going to give you an emotional energy drain. This is one of my favorite ones, okay? Yeah. Do you have somebody in your life, you don't have to tell me who, who every time you talk to them, they suck the life out of you? <laughs> uh, who, me? Uh, <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. We yeah. all I, I gotta, have I gotta at least, <laughs> at least yep. one person in our yep. lives like that, right? Now, now so first of all, I want to be very clear about something. There are some people that are just energy vampires, right? They just walk around and they just suck the lifeblood out of you. There are also right. some people that just to be very like little serious for just a second who are going yeah. through a hard time. Sure. And, sure, sure, and they sure. need your help. I'm not talking yeah. about those people. Okay. I'm not talking about your best friend who's going through something. Uh, it, it, now your best friend might be an energy vampire as well, but that's a whole nother right. story. Okay. That's a, yeah, well, we got to work through that at a different work through that podcast. Anyway. Right. So, so what is an energy vampire and how do you thwart one of these people? So mm. actually my son taught me an easy, easy way to help with this music, right? Ah. So in our home, music is a big deal. My son is a musician and we used to have a terrible, terrible time waking him up for school, for high school. Yeah. He was awful. I mean, he would do every, I mean, we'd have yelling. Ma- I mean, I'm the freaking sleep doctor, right? Like it was horrible and we're right. yelling and we're screaming. So finally one day I said, Cooper, here's what we're going to do. You have to wake up at 6:55, and exactly at 7 a.m., you get to be the morning DJ. <laughs> you can put whatever music on you want at whatever volume you want. It turns on at seven and you have the, you have the, you are the DJ for the morning. Yeah. Okay. I love my, it. My daughter wanted to be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Cooper was Monday, Wednesday and Friday. We had so much freaking fun every morning. It was great. So the first morning, my son pops in. So we're a throwback family. So he starts playing. You have to fight for your right to party by the Beastie Love Boys it. at volume 10. at set, Like, it's the best. So, right. what, But what we did was we changed the energetic profile of the situation, hmm. right? So as a parent, you can appreciate if you can ch- – when shit starts to go bad, oh, it goes bad fast. <laughs> you know exactly what I'm saying. I'm laughing because I, it's so painful. Right? True. Right. So, but if you can change energetically by something as simple as playing everybody's favorite piece of music, I mean, think about it. When somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're pissed off and your favorite song comes on the radio, you start bopping around and it changes exactly your mood of where you're at. Right. So, yeah. It's well, very possible, is the point. It, and, and something that I, I took away from your book too, and I, I took this away from talking to like, you know, we brought up Patrick McCown. Yeah. Um, it's, there's all of these little, I, you know, I kind of think about it in my head as like a tool and, and it's, yeah, it's sure. you know, maybe that's a very transactional way to think about music. Yeah. But, you know, for me now, like I'm very conscious of when I'm working and I have to write and I need right. to get myself focused. Like there's a certain type of music and now there's just a certain album I always go to. Right. And it's, but you're right. Like it's, inc- it's an incredible tool that you can use to change your emotional and physical state. Like it's incredible. Um, and that's and we, something that I liked about this book is like, now it's like, Oh wow, you can do that for energy as well. Right. right. So, so then, so then I started to explore things to go a little bit on the, on a deeper emotional side. And mm. so another way that you can deal with emotional vampires 
um, is with kindness. Yeah. Right. So, so this was a very interesting idea, right? Is sometimes if just the act of being kind and getting outside of yourself, um, really can help change you energetically, whether, whether you're feeling down or blue about something that's going on for you, or you've had one of these people in your life that has kind of sucked the life out of you. Right. But it's so important to understand the idea of service and kindness and being like community and outside yourself. The data on it is staggering. Like Mm. it's not like I'm some woo woo guy who's like, Oh, we should all be freaking kind. Like there's data here. Like it, it is. And again, I'm very transactional. I'm fine with it being a tool. Understanding how to utilize these tools doesn't mean that they're not special, important, and mm. and are amazing. It's just a word that we're going to use to classify them to know how to use them, right? right? So, so there's lots of different ways to do that. Movement also turns out to be an incredible energy changer. So, yeah. by taking these five times when we're looking at people's energy, we we flip the script on people. So, in chapter number three. <laughs> We say, now that you've been tracking your energy, we want you to take those same times and we're going to give you movements based on your chronotype and your body type Yeah, that you'll be able to successfully do and change your energetic profile or keep your energetic profile consistent. So yeah. first one is a stretch, which kind of makes sense, right? You've been sleeping, um, you know, we're having you do this after your morning, whatever. So we want to, you know, kind of stretch it out type of thing. I do yeah. my stretch while I'm brushing my teeth. <laughs> Just to, oh, okay. You know, I'm very efficient. You know, I'm getting stuff done. Um, then, Imagine you with a toothbrush and doing the splits. <laughs> not, well, I do like squats. Like it just kind of depends on yeah, which yeah, ones yeah, I want to do. And, and I don't want to make up too much noise because that, because I get up earlier than my wife and my dogs are in the bathroom with me. And then we oh, get I know that. I know uh, that struggle. I'll, I'll tell you the whole story later. Um, yeah, the tip, the tiptoe silent morning routine is one I know all too well. Exactly. Also. Exactly. <laughs> um, so then the second one is a shake. So literally shaking your arms or shaking your legs. So I don't know if you have any animals, but if you ever see an animal, when they, when they get up, they, they know they're that crazy shaky thing. Like mm. I just did it and it feels energetic. Like It's just like, you know, you can, you, you can actually change that changes this energetic profile kind of shakes it off. Yeah. Um, the third one is a bounce. So it's literally jumping up and down. It can be skipping rope. Uh, it could be doing jumping jacks. Again, I want to be clear. This is not to the point of sweating. This is the, the goal here is not exercise. Right. The goal is movement in a gentle form and fashion just to wake up your musculature and, and re- remind everybody that they're still there. Um, the, the fourth one is a build. This is going to use a major muscle group. So I might maybe a push up, maybe a few sit ups, maybe some deep knee bends. Again, we want to, again, wake up the bigger muscle groups just so that they don't kind of uh, you know, tighten up and, and stiffen up. And then, uh, uh, the final one is a balance. Um, yeah. I, li- I like the balance at the end. My, that's my personal favorite because when I'm doing it, like if I'm doing like a tree pose or whatever, like I can't think of anything else cause I'm concentrating so hard on trying to balance. Right. It. You kind of like want mindfulness. Right. You want to pull those thoughts out of your head towards the end of the evening. So, so that's the book. It's got the three components, you know, it's got the sleep component based on chronotypes, the intermittent fasting based on body type and chronotype. And then the movement, which is also based on body type and chronotype. And so what we've discovered, which has been really freaking cool, is when people do this for like 30 days, it's like, boom, no more need for coffee. <laughs> you know, it's that's what crazy. I wanted to ask you. Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm trying to remember when it came out. Maybe it was like August or um, but I was curious to hear, like, what what is the feedback been? I mean, obviously, it's fun because, you know, I. I'm, I'm going to try a lot of this stuff, but I was yeah. already trying some of these things just by sheer coincidence. 
it's made a tremendous impact in my own energy. Uh, but yeah, I, I was very curious to hear, like, what has the reception been like? We've really gotten some amazing responses. I mean, people write us all the time and they're like, I've never had this much energy. And, you know, uh, we had one person and this is not uh, I, I want to preface this by saying don't do this, but said I had so much energy. I stopped taking my antidepressant medication. Right. So, right, right. So we, we, we wrote her back. Please talk to your doctor yeah, before <laughs> you do something like, like, I'm stoked that you're doing well, but that's not the intent of the book. So, you know, right. things like that. But I mean, we, yep. have some, we have some really great responses to it. Um, and uh, and it's, it's actually been very, very positive. Um, it's funny to see which different aspects people key into and which ones sure. they, they like a lot. Like the emotional energy has been one that's been uh, lots of podcasts have asked me questions about that because oh, you don't really – but you don't hear about people thinking about like, how do I change my energy, you know, emotionally? And is that important to think about? You're damn right. It's important to think about it. So I think that's yeah. been kind of a fun area. And then of course the movement section that Stacy developed, I, I really find to be fun and, and I actually do it <laughs> myself yeah. um, and it works. No, that's great. Well, it's something that I was thinking, you know, with the movement too, it's, mm. it's funny. It's like, the more, uh, I don't know, what's the word, evolved, civilized, like the more that like technology makes our life easier, we get away from doing things that we would just naturally would have done. Right. Uh, you know, like we, we naturally just would have been like walking around. We naturally would have been bending and we naturally right. like, but like now it's like you can sit at the comfort of your own desk and, you know, go the entire it's day without so moving. And it's like, of course you don't have any energy when you think about it. Yeah. It's like, I'm not using my body. Um, well, and, so, I, and so I also think that that's one of the reasons, I don't know if you've heard these statistics, but caffeine consumption is up 18% during the pandemic. Oh God, I believe it. Yeah. Right. And it makes sense because all people are sitting there on the Zoom the whole time. So it's like, we really want, and also, you know, like we want people to take the book and do the exercises outside, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the fresh air, like get some sunlight, like that's all open. Like, please go do that. That would be great. <laughs> Yeah. 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 No, I, I enjoyed that too. Well, we're c coming up on time here. There's a couple yep. questions I wanted to ask you. Um, I'm big on low hanging fruit. You know, what, what is it? Sure. Pareto's principle, the 20% that makes 80% of the mm -hmm. gain, whatever. Um, the biggest energy detractors, like if you were to tell people like, Hey, like two to three things that you could change in your daily routine that are just for most people, huge energy sucks. Like what would those things be? So I think you, so number one, I think fuel is important. Like hmm. if you, if you're, if you don't understand like what your body requires, like what are your macros? Like how does that work for you? I think that's, I think that it, you're at a huge, huge disadvantage if you want to try to maintain a decent level of energy. Yeah. So I think you've got to really dial in your fuel and understand what your body does best. Yeah. Um, I think that's number one. Okay. Um, for, for being able to maintain levels of energy. Um, number two, you got to get good sleep. What I mean by good sleep is, and, I, and, and it can be very simple, just wake up at the same time, seven days a week. If that's all you did based on your chronotype, we're good. Okay. Because mm. what that'll do is that'll, that'll make a lot of things fall into place, right? So get your food right. Meaning evaluate what your body needs. And if you need supplementation, get your supplementation, um, make sure that you're eating, get your protein in there. That if that's the only way it's going to work is if you have protein, um, and you can't have a no carb diet, carbs are not the devil. I promise. 
right? So if you can, if you can lock your sleep in by waking up at the same time every single day, getting your food right, I think the third thing is, and I learned this from of all people, I don't, you might be too young to know who this is, Tony Horton. Do you know who Tony Horton is? Yeah. Why do I know that name? Is that, Tony is that Horton created a program called P90X. Yeah. Right? I know P90X. Yep. <laughs> and, and so I had the good fortune of uh, asking Tony a question at a lecture that he was giving and, and he and I had become friendly. And so I said, Tony, I said, you know, and by the way, he's rock freaking solid. Like if you see him today, like he could kick your ass. It's he's ripped un- up. Okay. It's unbelievable. <laughs> And so I'm like, and so I said to him, I said, Tony, you know, I'm also like you, the 80, 20 kind of thing, you know, how many days a week do I need to exercise? And he said, Michael, how many days a week do you need to eat and sleep? Hmm. I was like, got it. So that's number three is you got to move. You got to move your body. I don't, you don't have to do exercise. You don't have to be Tony Horton, but you got to move your body. The more sedentary you are, the more likely you are to gain weight, the more likely you gain weight, more likely you have sleep apnea, you end up with a sleep disorder. Life sucks if you've got that. So let's avoid that altogether. Make sure you got good food, good sleep, and good movement. That's it. I love it. Well, and, and, uh, you know, sincerely, I hope people check out the book. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, something that's nice is you give very, uh, you know, you give prescriptive steps that you can take. And, yes. you know, it's like, hey, look, try this. And then you, you can always modify. And but like based on, you know, your body yeah. type, your chronotype mm-hmm. here, here's what you can do. Here's the logic behind it, which I really yeah. enjoyed. Um, but, you know, and, and something that you just said with regards to nutrition. It's like it really it really is incumbent upon the individual to like yeah. take the time to try and figure this out. And I understand it's difficult and mm-hmm. there's so much missing. There's so much conflicting information. Yeah. For sure. You know, like you said, even if someone like was like, oh, you know what? I am going to try intermittent fasting. I mean, you search intermittent fasting. Oh, there's yeah. like, you're like, oh, shit, which is the right yeah. way to do it? Like, right. you know, there, there's it's- a million different things. So um, I, I, I did enjoy the fact that to your point, and I think it's how we started the show, like you gave people a place to start from. Yeah, 100%. Um, which I think is like honestly what most people just need. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people want to feel better. They they, they want to be more emotionally stable. They want to have more energy, but they're like, where do I begin? And I, I that's why I thought this book was really great. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I I don't mind being prescriptive, right? Like I don't mind telling people what to do. Um, yeah, <laughs> I really don't because yeah, it's great. To be very fair with you, my shit works. Like yeah, I, like I know it does because I don't say anything that's not backed by data or my own clinical experience working with patients. So, yeah. I mean, every single thing I say is not going to work for every single person because life doesn't work that way. But, right. you know, uh, uh, the things that I'm telling you are really do have a lot of data behind them. They really are a great place to start. Um, and, and I think it helps guide people through the, all the misinformation. And if you know where to start and you, you know, you read the book, you learn about intermittent fasting. We also have resources in the book as well. And so every chapter has got all of the websites that we worked with. It's got all of the research that was done on PubMed. So we like, we really lock it in for you so that you can, yeah. you can not only hear my opinion, but read the resources from which my opinion comes and, and see if you agree with me. You may not, but chances are you probably will. Cause I've been doing this for a while and I know how to read research. Right. So. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> well, well, perfect. Well, I, I know there's a lot of different outlets um, that people can follow you with, but where, where yeah. should we point people to? So the best place to go is my website, thesleepdoctor.com. Uh, you can follow me on social. I, I have the same handle on all my social media, which is The Sleep Doctor. So perfect. on Twitter- a great piece of branding, by the way. Isn't it great? <laughs> <laughs> Got to the spot early. I love it. Yeah, it's- Oh, it's yeah. Perfect. It was a, yeah, it's a, it's a great story. I'll tell, I'll tell you someday. But I've had The Sleep Doctor now for north of almost 18 years. Oh, wow. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, it's it's, it's so awesome. good. I, I, I mean, I'll tell you, my my seven year old, uh, we have a babysitter here right now huh? <laughs> because my wife's on vacation, you know, living nice. her own life, and uh, she's like, "Oh, my dad has to go talk to the sleep doctor right now," and I'm like, "You remember?" I'm like, "God, like she just <laughs> it's stuck." <laughs> yeah, like, it's so good. Well, it's great because everybody knows exactly what I do the second I say it, right? Yeah, and it's like there's there's no there's no ambiguity. It's like, and I am a sleep doctor. I'm not just playing one on TV. So that right. works out well as, as well. Yeah, that also helps. A little bit of credibility goes right. a long way. You know, that kind of thing. But, you know, <laughs> I'm, I, I have to be honest with you, dude. I'm, I'm super fortunate. Um, I started studying a topic that not a lot of people were interested in 23 mm. years ago. And it turns out sleep is one of the most important things you could ever possibly learn about. Um, and I'm enough of a ham that I like to get on podcasts and talk about it. And have a good time and have a good conversation. So I just want to say thank you for oh, you absolutely. and your audience for having me. Um, and yeah, if people want to follow, we're always around and about. Do yourself a favor, take the chrono quiz. I think that yeah. would be probably the most fun thing that you could do. Or go like to um, the book, uh, Energize, go to the website, Energize Myself, and you can take the quiz right there. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm just taking a note. I'm going to make sure we link to that. Well, perfect. Yeah, yeah throw it in the show notes. Yeah, we will. Well, thank you. This was awesome. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly have to have you back again. It sounds like there's some stories we left on the table. Absolutely. Always happy to come back and share more. Thanks for having me. Dr. Michael Bruce wishing everybody out there sweet dreams. Awesome. Thank you. And mommy. You better go ask mommy, daddy. <laughs> welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Welcome to your home. I've been <laughs> thrilled to do this all day. Have you? Yeah, I've been really looking forward to it. Sorry, I'm not pausing for dramatic effect. Just uh, you're just slurping over there, sitting down with a delicious cup of calm. <laughs> What's calm, Kenny? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Wow, funny you should ask. Um, honestly, I think it's just like magnesium and what flavor is that? Mango. I don't know. I have no idea. I can't tell, but it's delicious. You should know because you're the one who's always doing the package. Maybe it's Fair mango. It, a it mango, might be mango. I don't think it's, it doesn't taste like mango, but maybe. I'll tell you why I like it. And let me also start by saying, in no way has Calm paid me for this spot. If they were, you'd be the first to know. I'd be telling everybody. Yeah. Um, no one's paying us for diddly for squat. Jack diddly. You know what I like about this? It's like a mini science experiment. It's you, like oh, yeah, it's, when you have to like make it. Yeah. yeah. You got to like control it. It's like a little volcano. Yeah. It's by far the most exciting drink I make. <sighs> All right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Sleep? Especially okay, since you stopped it. drinking. Yeah, I know. Wow. Sound a little more bitter over there. <laughs> um, yeah. No. What? It's been like three, four months. Yeah. It's been actually shockingly easy. I know. It's like you're pregnant. I mean, if, oh my gosh, if you this should, is what you should if go this is all I had to, is what pregnant is like, then yeah, sign me up. 
feel great. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I haven't drank in a while. Feel great. Minus getting sick last week, my sleep was really improving. Yeah, things no, were for sure. Things were it, was. All, it was on the up and up until we got sick. Things are all really coming together and then just got kicked in the teeth. I know. No one wants to get better either. Mm-mm. Better either. Yeah. We're close, though. A lot of positive changes, but that's why I liked this guest. Yeah. Dr. Michael Bruce so much. Um, honestly, though, number one, like I just I just enjoy talking to him, but I, I completely sincere. When I read that book, it really brought together like a bunch of themes that I feel like you and I have been talking about and actually like I know, implementing like, it's on my list of things I'd like to read. What's that? Oh, the book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, because I, I think at the end of the day, right, it's like, yes, I want to improve my sleep. But like, why do you want to do that? Well, you want to like feel better during the day. Yeah. And so what I enjoyed about that book is like, you know, the sleep component is critical. Um, but they also brought other things to the table. You know what I like? I like things that are easy to implement and stick with. Right. I hate like complicated shit because you're never going to stick with it. Mm-hmm. If it's like really difficult for you to get it done or to add it to your routine, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, it's not staying around. Yeah. Um, but let's see. Takeaways. I had a bunch and I know he he gave us like three, you know, hey, low hanging fruit, which is apparently listening to the back. Listening to that back is my favorite term. Um, I was listening to the podcast and Kenny thought my our youngest or our oldest son was like low hanging fruit. <laughs> He thought it was like something naughty. Yeah. Baby's arm holding an apple. Um, <laughs> but so, he, he, I mean, he gave like three great takeaways right there. So I'm, I'm just going to let those sit because people just heard him three minutes ago. Mm-hmm. I would say my big takeaway from reading his book, talking to him is like, if you do nothing else, try and understand your chronotype. Yeah. Right. And understand your chronotype. And in some cases, look, like maybe if you just recognize like I'm someone who's like a night owl, I think it's the wolf. Do you like to be up late and you need to sleep in? It's like maybe just cut yourself a little slack and just change, you know, your routine to fit what your body wants to do. You're probably going to be a lot more productive, a lot happier. You're going to feel better. Um, You know, that is one of the nice things for those people who still have the opportunity to work from home if they so choose it's like you can be more flexible with your routine. Right. That was my big takeaway, chronotype. Works for you. What was the middle thing? Which one? The, it's You're not a night owl. You're not a morning person or early bird. Yeah, it's you're a lion. No, 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 no. The morning, it's the early bird, the night owl, and the, he's at oh, the, the hummingbird? Hummingbird, yeah, I'm a hummingbird. Which one was the hummingbird, the middle? The mid- Yeah, middle of the road. Yeah, you do like <laughs> to sleep in later than I do. Yeah, and I like to go to sleep pretty early too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I don't know if I'm actually a hummingbird. I think you just need better sleep. Yeah. As part of it. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you do. I don't, I wouldn't, I, I don't know. And I'm not saying this in, oh, but again, I, like, I'm again, also, like, none it, of this is derogatory. Like yeah. I just, you just don't like to get up as early as I like to get up. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I think it's just our different, our bodies are just different in that way. Yeah. And I, and I don't judge you. Wow, just you having to explain it to me in that way means that you are judging me <laughs> and that it's you, you don't want me to feel inferior because you feel I'm inferior. <laughs> but really, you want to let me know I'm inferior. <laughs> Listen, you know, um, everyone what, is special. What was what were the different animals that you could be in the book? 
Uh, there was the lion. The wolf was the one like him. The, like you're basically, you know, night owl. the night owl. I think yeah. it was a bear. The bear's kind of middle of the road. I'm a bear. <laughs> and I can't remember what the dolphin was. Oh, I'm a dolphin. Not your spirit animal. <laughs> your chronotype. Yeah, no, I would love to know what they are so I could place myself. <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. I'll read it back to you. Okay. But um, you, you'll read the whole book to me. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. I'll read it to you because <laughs> you're gonna fall asleep so early. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's my big one. That's my big takeaway. Um, but honestly, like you know, prior, I guess prior to this podcast, because we've had some other people talk about like chronotype, um, not to the same extent, but like, I don't know. I never thought about things in that way. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's like the one thing I'm learning as I get older, like, I, I think this just happens. Like you start to become more comfortable with who you actually are. But now it's like you, I'm, <laughs> you need to double down on what works for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you're actually not doing yourself any favors by trying to fit, you know, into some idea of what you should be or how you would like things. Like yeah. you need to start having like a real conversation with yourself. Like mm-hmm. what works for me? And what am I actually like programmed right. to do? Because if you keep fighting it your whole life, you're always going to be miserable. That's true. You're right. Wise words. Wise words. You had some takeaways. Yeah. Everybody's doing sex wrong. Whoa. Hey, now. <laughs> Everyone's um, having uh, having sex at the wrong time of the day, the least optimal time of day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. But what if you, you, what, <laughs> what are you going to do about that? If you think about it, like kind of what you were talking about when you're saying that we're not evolving anymore in a lot of ways we're devolving because of all the mm. technology that we have now. Yeah. It, cavemen were not having sex at night. Like that is when they probably had to be more alert, right? Yeah, probably really vigilant. Yeah. They're not like, I mean, I don't know how cavemen did much of anything. I know. I don't know when there was any time for leisure. Yeah. <laughs> in caveman days. Like that just seems like constant threats. Yeah, but if you were going to have your guard down, you probably wanted to do it during the day when there was visibility, right? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Boy, I like to, I like to think about just a couple uh, hairy cavemen tussling, tussling in the cave. Cavemen? <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Cave people? Cave people. Yeah, baby. I know, right? <sighs> Sorry, I'm delirious. I'm st- <laughs> I am wiped and I'm struggling. Um, but no, okay. Yeah, sex, people are doing it wrong. Yeah. And also at the wrong time of day. <laughs> yeah. The only thing you have a lot of at night is melatonin. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. It's like I'm sitting here on my soapbox telling people like, hey, lean into like what your body is, you know, uh, predisposed to do. Like I get like people have jobs, people have kids. So it's like, look, sometimes you just got to get it in when you can. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sex working out or otherwise. (laughs) But I think just being conscious of the fact that your body probably even has a preference and catering to that when you can, I bet it's better than what most people are doing. Yeah. Better than what I was doing. For sure. I was just arbitrarily getting myself up super early. (laughs) I thought thought you were going to go into your sex life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can't. I can't handle that conversation. No, right my now. mom listens to this, Kenny. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we've only had sex three times. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thought it was great. Chronotype, sex. Mm-hmm. That's the. You know, it, it is interesting. It's like your body does things for a reason. Yeah, 
listen to your body. Listen to your body. Listen to your heart. <laughs> I just, I wanted to sing that. I, just felt, I know I did too, but I knew I shouldn't sing it. No, I know. I didn't do any of my exercises before this to get my <laughs> voice ready. Um, all right. Anything else on that big, that big smart list of yours? You said you had something that you wrote down was a really astute revelation. No, it was the thing about cavemen. Oh, that was it. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> <Already> said it. <laughs> no, you weren't blown away. Oh, thank you. We're all, we're all better for it. Uh, no, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. Um, all right. Well, let's end it there. Yeah, let's, let's hey, stop let me, this now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, people. If you're if you're still hanging on listening, number one, good on you. Thank you. Um, what are you thinking of all these sleep conversations, by the way? Are you um, taking anything from these? Yes, <laughs> I'm taking lots from them. No, I'm being serious. Like, are they are they helping? Are you enjoying them? Yeah, I love them. I do too. But I mean, I'm We're like, also very into sleep right now, though. Right. But I think everyone should be into sleep. I agree. Uh, you know, it's like, you know what I like that he did say, and I will repeat it because now we're about 10 minutes past him saying it. Mm-hmm. Maybe people forgot already. Yeah. He said, if you could do one thing to improve the quality of your sleep, wake up at the same time every day, no matter oh, what. I know. But I found that really interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, there's a million things he could have said. Right. It's like, huh. So I, since talking to him, I've been trying to do that even on the weekend. Yeah. Now what that means is, you know, like when we go out on a Saturday night, I'm not going to get as much sleep that night. Yeah, but that's better than having your body sleep too long. I guess so. It's crazy. I know you'd think like, oh no, catch up when you can. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, who did we have on that was talking about sleep deprivation or no sleep um, deficit? Sleep deficit. I can't remember, but he told me after the show, cause I was talking to him. Yeah. Um, something that I, and I, I don't believe we said it on the podcast, something he said that was interesting. I was like, look, I keep waking up at like two, three in the morning, you know, and I'm one of those people. I, I really, I make an Probably active breaks. effort to not look at my phone cause I don't want to get freaked out. I'm like, oh shit, I gotta be up in three hours. Mm-hmm. Cause then that's like, you know, the anxiety and you're like, oh, yeah. I got all this stuff I gotta do the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of times I'll try and get to bed earlier to account for that. Cause I'm like, well, okay, I'll get to bed maybe an hour early. That way, if I do wake up in the middle of the night and I'm up for an hour, I still get my seven and a half hours or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, he's like, don't do that. He said the best thing that I could do, at least like initially to try and fix it is like stay up later and kind of build up that like sleep pressure. Yeah. So that when you do fall asleep, like you are tired. Yeah. And I will say since doing that, I need, I need to tell him, he told me, <laughs> tell him how it went. I'm, here you go, Dr. Bruce. Um, it's actually been helping. Yeah. Like I've noticed, like I will wake up, but I'll make it all the way to like 5 a.m. And then I'm like, oh, well shit, if I don't go back to sleep, like I'll just get up I'm like 5 a.m. That's great. Oh, I know. Poor thing. <laughs> no, but it works. But I mean, look, fall asleep. Right. 10, wake up five, that's seven hours. Like I can live on that. Yeah. I'm trying to get more, but yeah. Is everyone tired of hearing about my sleep? All right. Here we go. Well, um, nobody cares. They're like, Ugh. it's like I put this on to fall asleep. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, this one was packed full of information. Also, go out and check out his book, Energize. Really enjoyed it. Also loved great roadmap. If you want to like live with more energy, he has some great tips. Um, and I can attest to some of them. So... <sighs> With that said, folks, we'll see you next week.
Bye. <laughs>